Hey Braves fans, welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. The last time we were together, uh, we were going over the uh, top six uh, things that the Braves needed to do over the offseason uh, to get ready for the season. And today we're going to go over the number one thing that the Braves need to do, and that is, of course, re-sign Freddie Freeman. Uh, so, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of this elephant in the room of Freddie Freeman not being signed yet by the Braves is simply the question of how have the Braves let this thing get so far down the line? How did they let this <laughs> even happen? Uh, you know, why, why did they not extend him before uh, last season, right? Everybody thought that was going to happen. And then many people thought that during the season he would be resigned, and yet he was not extended uh, and here we are uh, in the doldrums of this lockout, not sure when it's going to end. And uh, as soon as it ends, you hope that you have some action on this front. But that's the question is, why do we even, how are we even here, right? How have we let this get this far down the line? The Braves, it just doesn't seem to make sense. And so I believe uh, that this must be coming from the top. This seems like a very cold and calculating decision by the Braves. I don't necessarily put it on Alex Anthopoulos. He's kind of a slave to uh, uh, to Liberty Media uh, and the financial restraints that they put on him. And it just simply seems like that is the primary thing that they're looking at, that this is a, um, a financial decision beyond anything else. And of course, uh, with, a, with a contract this huge, there's obviously a place for financial stewardship with such a huge contract, right? You have to do your due diligence and you don't want to just throw uh, silly money even at a legend like Freddie Freeman. However, uh, you know, when you consider uh, that the Braves made millions of dollars off of this World Series run, uh, it just comes across as cold when, you know, the numbers have been thrown out there. They seem fairly realistic for a player of Freddie's caliber and what he's done for the organization and you know for it to just be still sitting out there with no action it just seems very odd uh, that we have got to this point now um, I believe that even if you are concerned primarily about the monetary side of things signing Freddie Freeman is still your best move uh, but nonetheless I'm gonna get into that and I'm also gonna get into some of the other reasons uh, that should be relatively obvious, but I'm going to really dive into the reasons uh, that the Braves should re-sign Freddie Freeman. I'm also going to get into a few reasons why they might be uh, thinking about not re-signing him. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, uh, there are many more reasons to re-sign Freddie than not. And, uh, you know, even the, the reasons to not re-sign Freddie, to me, are not that uh, that good. <laughs> but, but to be fair, we are going to cover both sides of that and then at the end of this episode, we are also going to look into, okay, if the worst of the worst happens and Freddie is not re-signed and he goes elsewhere, and by the way, Braves fans, can you imagine the pain of that, seeing Freddie in another uniform? I don't want to even think about it. But even if that does happen, we do need to at least look at the other options out there, the, more, the most likely options out there. And that is also helpful to evaluate, okay, if... Um, if we're not willing to re-sign Freddie and push the envelope in terms of the finances, then what are we going to be left with? Uh, that has to be a part of the calculations that the Braves are going through. Again, we're putting ourselves into the shoes of Alex Anthopoulos a little bit, recognizing he might be a little hamstrung by Liberty Media and what they're willing 
to offer Freddie, but nonetheless, um, all of this has to be considered. All right, so uh, the first reason for me to re-sign Freddie Freeman is he's the clubhouse leader, right? He is the unquestioned leader of this team. And, you know, I don't care what team you are, when you remove the guy who's kind of the, the foundation piece in your clubhouse, there's going to be huge ramifications on and off the field, no matter how good that player is. And, of course, we know Freddie is, um, maybe other than Acuna, the best player on the Braves. And then, of course, with Acuna going down, um, he, he remained the best player on the Braves team. Um, and, of course, not only that, but he's been there the longest, right? He is the, the stalwart guy. Um, he's the cornerstone piece. It is not... Um, it is not a secret that every seems like every Braves teammate wants Freddie back. You might have seen at the end of uh, the World Series parade, right? You have Dansby Swanson and Ozzie Albies um, making uh, no secret uh, that they want the Braves to re-sign Freddie, and they wanted it done pretty much right then, and it didn't happen, right? So every teammate wants him back. That means there's going to be um, reverberations around the entire Braves organization if the Braves do not bring Freddie back there would be a leadership void i mean you start thinking about the braves and we have some great players but who is that guy who's going to be your clubhouse leader your rock solid guy now on the pitching side maybe you think charlie morton um but you know a lot of times it's kind of pitchers uh, are, are on one side of things and then position players on the other side and you really want a position player be that leader and the braves are a young team i mean they have some guys that maybe are capable of leader of being a leader but you know you you don't want to say that nobody else is capable but you have freddie there right now and everybody looks up to this guy and um there really could be a leadership void moving forward uh you know and you might have some guys who don't really even care to be a leader i mean after you let the the unquestioned leader go uh, if you're the braves then you know it, it's really gonna cause some i think some problems around the clubhouse i mean potentially even a mutiny i mean a mutiny at least a soft mutiny in terms of not caring as much about the braves organization because clearly loyalty to the team matters much less freddie is also the hardest worker on the braves um everybody knows that he he puts in you know hard work every day day in day out he leads by example and that has uh, anyone who's been on a team of of any level knows that if your best player is your hardest worker it just filters down to the entire team so losing that i think would have big ramifications and that's something that's hard to measure right on paper but it's nonetheless obviously there uh also you know freddie is the most consistent player maybe in all of baseball, uh, certainly on the Braves, you know what you're getting. And that's what was so strange about Freddie's first half of this past season, right? He's had so many struggles, but there you go. At the end of the season, you look up to his stats and it's pretty much where he's at. I, he might tell you he had a little bit of a down year, especially in relation to that MVP season. But, but overall, you know that you're getting a, a high quality season from Freddie Freeman every year. And that is rare in baseball. So most consistent player, and that has huge benefit. You know what you're going to get. Uh, you know, you think about a guy like Austin Riley. We we hope that he's really figured something out. He had such a great season last last year, but being young, uh, you know that the league is going to try to adjust to him again. And we don't really know is he going to be able to back that up, or is he going to struggle again this year? With Freddie, you just don't worry about that.
Freddie is also the best first baseman right now, right? And as the Braves, you are in a win now mode. Uh, you just won the World Series and you are hopefully bringing back a World Series contender. What I believe will be a World Series contender as long as Freddie comes back. Uh, and so why would you not bring back the best first baseman in baseball right now um, to do that? We know he's getting a little older and that's part of the problem with, you know, this longer term deal. But uh, in the in the right now, in the win now mode, you bring you bring back the best first baseman in baseball. You know, the other thing to consider is if you don't bring back the best first baseman in baseball, then you're going to have to replace him in some way. And hopefully you would go out and get someone who comes close to replacing him. But if you do that, you're giving up significant prospect capital, uh, you know, for a player of, of similar, similar quality. So there's going to be a cost. It's either going to be in dollars or it's going to be in prospects or something in between. It's a matter of what you're able to do. You know, the Braves do not have the same uh, deep um, minor league system that they did a few years ago. And so if you were to, you know, go out and get someone and, you know, we'll throw out some names here in a minute. But if you were to go out and get someone of high, you know, high caliber guy who at least on the field can replace Freddie, um, it is really going to um, you're going to feel it in terms of the prospect cost. All right, and then, you know, the last reason to re-sign Freddie that is um, obvious to everyone is he's a fan favorite. Freddie is beloved by the fans. And, you know, how many Freddie jerseys do you see every game if you go to a Braves game, right? It's all over the place. Uh, he might not be everybody's favorite, but everybody loves Freddie Freeman. Uh, I mean, shoot, there was a New York Times article during the season that was literally titled, like, Everybody Loves Freddie. Uh, around baseball, not just Braves fans. Uh, he is a beloved figure, and you are going to alienate many Braves fans if you do not resign Freddie. Coming off of a World Series where you have so much goodwill and good feelings, why would you want to do that? It just makes very little sense. Um, all right, so now let's get into some reasons not to resign Freddie. Now, they are few, okay? And actually, you kind of have to work a little bit uh, to dig into this, but let's let's get into it. So, number one, of course, he will be expensive, right? Freddie Freeman is a former MVP. He is a great player. He's a potential Hall of Fame player uh, if he keeps going for a little while longer. And so he will, of course, be expensive. You know, the numbers have been thrown out there a little bit. Um, it was reported that Freddie uh, came to the Braves with a six-year, $200 million contract uh, request. Um, and it's also been reported that he would be willing to accept something more like six years, 180 million. Uh, it sounds like the Braves don't want to go that sixth year and they want to also get him for a little less per season. Um, so that, that is the gap. Now, the good news of that, by the way, is that doesn't seem to be an overwhelming gap, but nonetheless, uh, if the Braves just stand firm on that, you know, on not, uh, offering him that sixth year. Um, then that could be the sticking point. Now, six years, $180 million is a huge contract, of course, but it pales, into it pales in comparison to some of those huge contracts in the past to aging first basemen like Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera. Number one, those contracts went into their 40s, um, and they were way bigger um, monetarily 
than 180 million dollars uh, they were in the more like the the high 200s low 300 million dollar range so this is nowhere close to those contracts if freddie fell off the the face of the earth in his last two seasons would it harm the braves for those seasons yes would it decimate the entire um the entire organization for years to come no it would not um, but yeah it is an expensive contract i believe it would be the biggest contract the braves would ever give anybody um, in their history so of course they're going to do everything they can to reduce that money uh, but again braves it's it's not like this is uh, an earth-shattering um, ask for freddie all right so the length of the contract seems to be the main holdup, right that uh, in years five and six of this contract, Freddie's going to be, you know, 38, um, 30, maybe 39 by the, by the very end of it. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to be in, in his older years. Most baseball players start declining 35, 36, which would be maybe like year three, um, year four of this contract. So, you know, that is a concern, of course. Um, but the thing to consider about that is in in his final two years right we don't know what freddie's going to be i mean you're you're really kind of betting on on the odds here right the odds are he's going to decline probably in the final two years of this contract uh but you know you look at freddie he takes care of himself his body type his swing type you know he's short to the ball all these different things kind of put are in play now if you're a Freddie fan, then you probably are thinking, you know, in the positive of, yeah, he'll he'll age better than most. But, you know, everybody ages. I mean, and, and some people age quicker than others. I mean, some guys are done. I mean, we saw Andrew Jones, you know, Braves fans. I mean, he, he plummeted in his early 30s, right? But he also didn't seem to take care of himself, and he was a center fielder who was banging his body a lot. So as a first baseman, you know, you have some, some recent guys like uh, – um, uh, Nelson Cruz, who's aged nicely. Um, of course, he's a DH, so he has almost no impact to his body. Um, but the DH is also coming uh, to baseball very likely this year. And so as Freddie ages, uh, if he if you put him at the DH even part-time, uh, then that's something to keep in mind. You also have to keep in mind that the Braves, you know, one of the huge benefits of re-signing Acuna and Albies to such cheap contracts is during the entire life of this potential six-year deal, you're going to have those guys on the cheap, right? So even if you're paying Freddie in his final two years more than maybe he he should be earning, you can really balance that with the savings you get from Acuna and Albies and still have the money to re-sign some of your other players who are going to be coming into free agent you also have to consider i mean i kind of already mentioned this but losing the fan support um that could happen by not re-signing freddie and even you know the on the field impact of potentially missing the playoffs um it could actually be more expensive to not re-sign freddie uh, you know millions of dollars i mean the braves made the world series and won the world series i don't know the figures of how how much money uh the organization made off of that run but let's just say you have one more run like that uh in you you know let's say it happens next year uh you have pretty much recouped all of that money um in my mind again i don't have all the figures on that but you can imagine the millions that are made by a, a baseball team going to the world series 
um, and the fan support, all those fans that we saw out there on the battery. Um, so, you know, the, the calculation of, you know, fans that might, might leave the team, might not support the team anymore, um, versus uh, the, the continued excellence that the team could have with Freddie in there, even just over the next two or three seasons, uh, when you feel like he's still solidly in his prime years, um, I think it's actually financially uh, smart to bring him back, even with everything else considered. All right, so the, the real question with this whole decision of bringing back Freddie is how do you how do you truly evaluate Freddie's value? Most players, I think, can be primarily evaluated based off of their on-the-field value, right? What do they do on the field? Uh, but a player like Freddie has to be evaluated far beyond on-field impact, right? Because of everything he does off the field, that benefits the entire team and the entire organization. So I've already mentioned some of these, so I'm not going to go too deeply, but just consider his, his impact beyond just on the field production, his leadership, his work ethic, his loyalty to the Braves organization and what that might mean if they are not loyal on the other end of things, his consistency. I've already mentioned that how consistent he is and how much of a, a, a safety, safety net that is for the Braves when other players are struggling. His support for Snicker, I haven't mentioned this one, but we all know he loves Brian Snicker and he is going to back that guy no matter what, no matter the decision, and that filters down to the rest of the team. If you lose that, then you know maybe you start having a divided clubhouse on certain certain issues or decisions. And then of course, fan support. The fans love Freddie, uh, and if you were to alienate them, what does that do, um, you know, to, to ticket sales, to just the feel of the season, all of those different things. All right, so consider all of those things and how difficult it is to evaluate those, but also know that there's probably not another player in all of baseball who could bring all of those things to, um, to the Braves to, if you had to try to replace Freddie. But, of course, we also know that Freddie's on-the-field value is very high. I've already mentioned I consider Freddie the best first baseman in baseball. Now, if you broke down all the numbers of just last season, was he the best first baseman? No, probably not. Um, but if you also look at the last five years, um, has he been? Yes, he has been. And I, I think, could there be somebody who, who steps up and has a better season next year? Again, there could be. But I would put my money on Freddie. He's the safe bet for next year being the best first base, first baseman in baseball. Now I do want to go into last year and look at um, Freddie's season and also as we get into some potential replacements for Freddie, if that were to happen, we're going to dive into some of that too. Okay, so Freddie had a 4.7 wins above replacement last year. And again, he's asking for $30 million a year over six years. Uh, that's at least what's been reported. Let's look at his numbers a little bit. Uh, he, he hit 300. Uh, he had a, a 393 on base percentage. He had a 503 slugging percentage, and he hit 31 home runs. Uh, by the way, he also got to 100 RBIs last season. So we all know that this, uh, you know, <laughs> this was a frustrating season for Freddie Freeman. This was probably what he would consider a down year, and yet um, those are really impressive numbers. 
It wasn't his best season by any means, but impressive numbers nonetheless. And we also know that Freddie is not just some home run hitter. He is an all-around hitter, right? He hits 300. He's he's going to shorten up sometimes and you know poke it the other way. Um, uh, when he was really going bad, he was striking out a lot. But but typically he's not a big strikeout guy for a guy who can who can hit for power. Uh, and he's a quality first baseman. He's won a Gold Glove. He can pick it uh, tremendously over there. Um, is he always going to win a Gold Glove? No, but he's usually going to be considered probably a top four or five first baseman. Um, in the National League. All right, so those are some, like, very briefly, those were some of his on-the-field um, values, right? So as we get into some of these other targets, these backup options that the Braves would have to go to if Freddie does not re-sign, um, I really want you to consider not only what did they do last year, what could they do, you know, if you're projecting, um, let's say, two, three, four, five years from now, what are they doing at that point? Um, and also, what have they done in the past, right? We want to see some consistency. And like I said, Freddie's probably the most consistent player in baseball. So none of these guys have been as consistently good as Freddie, um, which to me, again, kind of deflates some of their value con um, compared to Freddie. All right. So the first, and this guy has been thrown out there in a lot of different uh, trade rumors that the Braves have actually explored this option already, is Matt Olson, who plays for the Oakland A's. Matt Olson is 27 years old, so he's a good bit younger than Freddie. And he had a very good season last year, his career year. Um, he had a 5.8 wins above replacement. He's only making $12 million next year. He's still in arbitration. Uh, and here are some of his numbers. He hit 271, uh, 371 on base percentage, 540 slugging percentage, and he hit 39 homers. So really by all measures, he had actually a better season than Freddie last year. And he's a very comparative player right now in the moment to Freddie. Um, if you if you needed someone to replace Freddie, you'd probably pick Matt Olson. Uh, he's also from Atlanta, which, you know, Braves fans love that. He's a local guy. Now, how much of a connection he feels back home, I don't know uh, if that was, would be a, a major uh, benefit to him or not. Um, you know, he may have, in fact, a higher ceiling um, than maybe any other first baseman in baseball. So that is obviously a, a, a really nice thing to consider. But he's not proven yet that he's going to be a consistent performer. You know, and that's my fear. This was by far his best season. Is he going to continue to do this over the course of however many years he would be in Atlanta? And that's the, that's the question mark. You never know how a guy's going to respond to to changing leagues, to changing cities, uh, putting on that new uniform, being around a different clubhouse. We've seen it happen in really positive ways ways in Atlanta, but we've seen some really really bad situations of guys who we we think are going to be great, you know, free agent or trade acquisitions, and they just literally do nothing. And so um, you just don't know what any of these guys uh, potentially could do. The thing with Matt Olson too, even though he's only going to make twelve million dollars versus potentially Freddie making around thirty million, is the prospect capital it's going to take to bring Matt Olson in. Uh, so you know, I went to a trade simulator trade sim simulator website um, to try to get at least an idea of a, a package or two that uh, could bring in Matt Olson. You know, just to throw out some like, okay, this is what it would actually take. 
Uh, and so uh, the the trade package I was able to um, to put together would be um, Langoliers, Christian Pache, and Tucker Davidson. Uh, you know, that's a high price. That's your top two uh, prospects plus a solid pitching prospect. Uh, that's the kind of guy Matt Olson is. He is a high quality player and he's going to be expensive to go out and get. So again, if the Braves are primarily worried about, you know, the money on the front end, yes, this would be a less expensive option than Freddie, but it's really going to, um, to weaken your prospects uh, down on the farm. Not to mention, Olsen is a free agent after 2023. So you're, you only for sure get him for two years. Maybe you can re-sign him, but he's going to be probably just expensive or more expensive to re-sign than Freddie uh, because he'll be a little younger going into his free agent years. So it just doesn't make a lot of sense in the long term. Yeah, he's younger, but there you go. Two years from now, you're going to be right back in the same place with a different guy who, who hasn't been in the organization for all the years that Freddie has uh, and who may not be as loyal to the organization. All right, my, my next target is Matt Chapman. Now, Chapman is actually a third baseman, and so in this situation, I would expect him to play third, and then you would slide Austin Riley to first. He is a gold glove uh, third baseman. He's, he's spectacular defensively. One, I think, uh, won the gold glove this year as well. Uh, but he had a really down off, uh, off season, uh, sorry, he had a really down offensive year uh, last season. So keep that in mind. He had a 3.5 wins above replacement last year. Uh, he's in a very similar uh, situation as Matt Olson. Uh, he is still in arbitration. He'll, he'll make around 9.5 million next year. So again, definitely some cost saving there. Uh, but like I said, a down year offensively. Uh, he hit 210 uh, with a 314 on base percentage. Only had a um, 403 slugging. And he did hit 27 home runs. So this guy is someone who is absolutely capable offensively and had a bad season last year. Uh, but he's never been on the on the level offensively as Freddie Freeman has been. So you're getting a guy who's, again, a great defender. You hope you're getting a little bit more from him than you got last year. Um, but you're not going to be, be really plugging uh, – totally the offensive hole that Freddie would leave the uh, the trade simulator I did this on Matt Chapman as well um, two potential options uh, the first trade I made was Contreras uh, Tucker Davidson and Christian Pache so you notice he's a little less expensive um, than Olsen or because Langoliers is considered uh, certainly a, a better prospect at this time than Contreras uh, the other um, the other possible trade uh, you can make would be Contreras and Drew Waters. Uh, Drew Waters is uh, considered a little more highly than Pache right now. Uh, so you could certainly make that trade. I think that's a more realistic trade that doesn't harm your, um, your prospect uh, pool as much. But again, you're not getting back as much as well. Uh, Matt Olson is the better player at this point in time. But I just want to point out, again, Matt Chapman has not been consistent offensively um, anywhere near what Freddie has done over his career. Now, the, the A's are clearly in sell mode. If you look at like the top 
guys likely to be traded this offseason that's full of Oakland A's. Um, after you get off of Oakland, it gets a little tricky and funny for the Braves because it's the Mets. The Mets actually have a lot of guys potentially available for trades. Um, and this is off of um, MLBTradeRumors.com is where I got this list if you're you know wondering where, where I'm getting this. So um, uh, three guys that they also list as, as very likely trade pieces, Dominic Smith, J.D. Davis, and Jeff McNeil all could be uh, potential uh, guys who get jettisoned from the Mets. Now, I shouldn't even have to say this out loud, but the fact that this is the Mets um, – the Braves and Mets not, might not even want to make a deal, right? And it gets tricky because now you're sending prospects to the Mets. And yeah, can you imagine two or three years from now, those prospects turn into stars and are, are crushing you. So you know that, you know, in um, within the NL East, right, interdivision trades, they don't happen all that often. And they're, they're a little awkward to try to make. So I don't know that that would happen anyways. But you also, you also listen to those three names. And all of them are pretty good hitters, but they're just not anywhere close to the caliber of Freddie Freeman, right? So now we're going, we're really getting, um, it's not the bottom of the barrel, but it's it's not top quality players where you're truly, um, and you're truly making uh, a complete recovery from, from losing Freddie and getting a high quality player in return. And that's going to, that's going to be basically other than Matt Olson, I, I really think that's going to be the case. Okay, free agent targets um, that are out there. And again, there aren't that many great options. So the first one is Anthony Rizzo. He had a 1.7 wins above replacement last year. He is projected to make about $15 million a year. And um, so he will he will be um, cheaper, you know, certainly than, than the other guys out there. But again, um, what will he do uh, next season? His trajectory seems to be down. He is probably a better DH option moving forward. He is the same age as Freddie, but he seems to be really kind of losing some of his magic. That doesn't mean he couldn't have a bounce back season next year. Um, I actually would kind of like him as a DH target uh, if you could get him for maybe a little less than $15 million a year. Um, in fact, him and Freddie are good buddies, so maybe you, if Freddie stayed, you, you could target Rizzo as a DH. Um, but, you know, he really he really struggled. And only hitting 22 homers, I mean, he, he he's a lefty who played half of the year in Yankee Stadium, and he still struggled with that. So I'm not sure about Anthony Rizzo. And then the other guy is Kyle Schwarber. Um, he had probably a career season last year. Uh, he went through periods where he was maybe one of the best hitters in baseball. Uh, he had a 3.2 wins above replacement. He might make around $20 million a year on a three-year deal. That's what he's projected to do. His line was he hit two, 266, um, 374 on base, and a 555 slugging percentage. He hit 32 home runs. So he mashed last year. I mean, that that is a, um, you know, offensively, that's about as good as Freddie did last year, uh, a little lower, uh, a little lower batting average. But otherwise, he had a great offensive year. He's just giving you nothing defensively. Um, of any value. So he also is probably better as a DH option, and that's a pretty expensive DH option at $20 million a year. All right, so if you are able to replace Freddie with a similarly stellar guy on the field, 
Um, and again, in my mind, that's probably only Matt Olson. Uh, this, the question still is, have you completely replaced Freddie? Following a legend almost never works well. Anyone who's a sports fan knows that while it has happened, right, you do occasionally have the Steve Young following Joe Montana thing. It just doesn't happen often. Uh, it's tough to do, you know, and there's a lot of pressure that would be put on whoever that guy is that's replacing Freddie to be Freddie, and no one's going to be that. Uh, so it's almost an impossible task, um, which would probably lead to um, some some down numbers for whoever you brought in. That's that's what I would kind of expect to happen. You know, the frustration of this offseason is the Braves seem to be operating like this cold, calculating corporation. And, you know, that's basically what I think they are being led by Liberty Media. Um, I think they're, they're making this calculation not as any other Braves fan or probably even most of those who are within the Braves organization would make, right? If you could remove Liberty Media from this equation, I think Freddie's already signed a long time ago. Uh, and, and I think that's why it's going on this long. Um, so I don't know if they see Freddie's overall value uh, like I've kind of put forth in this podcast. Um, if you if you see his off-field value and everything that he brings to the team and even what I think losing him would mean financially, right? I think that he would be resigned already. So I hope that in the end, they will see that value and go ahead and re-sign Freddie. If they don't, I think this will be a huge mistake that, that the Braves organization will feel for years. I truly do. Even if they bring in a guy who is great, like Matt Olson, who I have nothing against, he is a truly good, I mean, maybe great player. Um, it's not really about him. It's more about the loss of Freddie and what that would mean long-term to the health of your organization. You want to keep guys like that in-house. You don't want to lose them. I think if they do let him go, um, it will be a huge mistake. It will alienate fans. Some will, will leave. Some will not. You know, but it's going to be felt long term. So please, Braves, re-sign Freddie. <laughs> we all want it to happen. Um, we know it should have happened already, but if you if you still get it done, we'll we'll look past it and we'll we'll move forward and we'll have a great season and potentially uh, maybe even another World Series run. All right, guys. Well, thanks. Be sure to follow and rate State of the Braves on Spotify. You can also find me on YouTube um, through video format. Thanks for listening and watching, and go Braves.